Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Apologies for my voice, it is in all sorts. I picked up a cold over the last few days and I'm really battling with it, hence uh, the lack of content on the Rugby League Guru Podcast over the next few days. But we will have beers and break-evens coming for you very soon, so stay tuned for that. It's available on YouTube now if you want to go and have a look at it. But plenty more content to come on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Probably not as much as usual though, as I try to avoid dying. But... Let's get stuck into my Supercoach draft from the weekend. And um, obviously had a bad loss last week, lost to Kurt. When I say bad loss, I mean that I underperformed last week. My team went pretty shit. And I said to you guys, oh, next week's probably going to be a pretty boring one because I only have about eight or nine players. It's going to be a shit fight. Nathan Cleary's not playing. Sonny Luke's not playing. A lot of my, you know, key spine guys and my, you know, obviously my number one draft pick weren't playing. So I thought, oh, I'm next to no hope in this game, which... I probably shouldn't have should have been next to no hope to be fair, but um, good God, we pulled an absolute fucking miracle this week. Uh, unbelievable! We did manage to win. I think we started the weekend with nine players, eight players, and we ended up uh, grabbing one more just to ensure the win. I'll talk about that soon. But uh, a wild week. Anything can happen in draft. Um, and when I tell you the whole story, you you you'll be blown away. I cannot believe I won. Unreal though. Did get very lucky. A lot of my players went unbelievably well. Had Corey Horsbury in my front row. He obviously scored two tries, just missed toning up. Um, I managed to waver the highest point scorer of the entire week, Marcelo Montoya. So did have a few things go my way. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the season, uh, when I'm looking back and I've got those two points, who gives a fuck? I got them. I found a way to get them. So very, very happy with that. And the team, it's starting to come together. We had a few other little wins throughout the weekend, which I will talk about. But uh yeah, all going well. It's amazing how quickly everything can change in a week or 10 days. When I was sitting there with the rub down, I was sort of thinking, fuck, I've got a big task ahead of me over the next few weeks. Um, I, sorry, I, I kind of thought I've got a big task ahead of me over the next few months. But it's it's slowly just started to work itself out. And I now think I'm sitting in a pretty good spot this season. So we'll go through my game. I took on Greg, one of the older fellas in our comp. Um, and he, he's got a pretty handy side, to be fair. I, I thought he took a couple of... Rogue draft picks. Uh, he's the one that took Sean O'Sullivan, pick number two, which I thought was outrageous, to be fair. SOS has done 
pretty well by SOS standards. Uh, but still, Supercoach-wise, not scoring overly well. So, no stranger to a bit of a rogue pick, Greg. He also took Johnny Bateman, which sort of helped me on the weekend as well. He obviously didn't score incredibly well. His first game in that heat was pretty tough. Uh, but we'll kick off with the start of the week. Uh, I can't remember who I dropped from my team. I think I dropped Tommy Talau. And I wanted to get a CTW off the way, but there were not many guys there. There weren't many at all. I ended up going for Brad Parker uh, from the Manly Seagulls. I just think that him on that left edge... With Turbo inside him and with Josh Schuster there, the way that he's squaring guys up and the way they're playing, I just think he'll fall over for enough tries, Brad Parker. So picked him up uh, up off the waiver wire. It was his 100th game on the weekend. Obviously, he scored a meat pie. Only scored 40 points, though, to be honest with you. So you take that away, he probably would have, he would have scored 23-odd. So not overly impressive. Let's be perfectly fucking honest here. I need more than that from Brad Parker moving forward. But I think he is a guy that at different points throughout the season, he will score me enough tries to be relevant. So I started off with Brad Parker, who got a 40. Uh, on the other side of the board, Greg had Mike Sivo, who scored a 73. Junior Bolo got a 51. And Tui Pilotto, who got a 26. So when Mike Sivo scored his 73, I sort of thought, okay, well, fuck. I'm already in some serious trouble here. I'm probably out of this now. Then came the Dolphins game. And keep in mind, um, we were up at Rockhampton. So I was actually live on stage doing the show when all this was happening. But... My Dolphins boys did pretty well, to be fair. Uh, Jermaine Osaka, 81. Uh, and Connolly Lumelu scored 64. Now, he's one of my big wins this week. I drafted him two weeks ago. So I wavered him two weeks ago. Um, I think I had wavered 10 out of 14 or something. And um, for me to get to him, I thought was fucking outrageous. Uh, obviously available at CTW, but... You saw on the weekend, Kenny Bromwich, he shifted into the 13 role and uh, Connolly played on the left edge. So I've managed to pick myself up off the waiver wire, a CTW who plays back row uh, for big minutes. So I'm absolutely fucking stoked with that. Felice Cafusi, uh, at the time of recording, I'm not sure what the result of his judiciary hearing is, uh, but I think that would just about lock Connolly in for the next three weeks. And I think he's going to earn himself a spot on that edge anyway. So... Absolutely stoked with that waiver pick. It was unreal. So Jermaine Osako got 81. Connolly got 64. And I actually had the VC on Jermaine Osako. So an 81 would have been really handy as my VC. But as I said to you guys, I was on stage at the time. So I wasn't watching the game overly closely. And you might remember that Osako scored his two tries in the last five or ten minutes. By that point, um, Greg's two players, Sean O'Sullivan, had done pretty well, but his main one was Lockie Miller, who got a 98, and I was just sitting there. I saw Lockie Miller score both of his tries, and I thought, okay, that's me officially done. I'm just going to get drunk tonight. I'm going to enjoy myself in Rockhampton, not going to worry about my fucking draft team at all. Little did I know that Jermaine Osako scored two tries in the final few minutes, and I could have taken him as a VC, which would have made things very interesting. Instead, I just left my VC on Cody Walker, just thinking, oh, we'll see what happens. He's probably the most likely guy to go 100 plus even though that's very unlikely but I thought out of all my fellas he's probably most likely so left the captain on Cody Walker who got 42 a pretty shit score for a captain Campbell Graham got a 91 so that was nice but I woke up in the morning checked the score and everything and went fuck Osako actually did pretty well if, if I would have taken his VC would have been interesting but I'm pretty sure I would have lost still anyway uh, Greg took Damian Cook as his captain who got 55 odd or something along those lines 58 something along those lines so at that point, I sort of thought, okay, this weekend's done and dusted. Not much doing. Uh, I knew I was going to lose this anyway, so I'm completely fine with it. The other guys that Greg had on Saturday night, to be fair, were Victor Radley, who did well, a 53. But he also had Harm Seller, who only got two, and at that point was on a zero as well. So that sort of gave me a bit of a sniff back into this game, but I still thought I was no hope. 
I'd also been pondering the decision. Uh, I obviously drafted Campiera way too early in my draft. Turned out to be a really shit pick. Uh, and I was sitting there all day going, geez, do I just give... I've been thinking about it for two weeks now. Do I just give Campiera a few more weeks, see what happens, see if he scores tries? But my philosophy always is with CTWs, I don't want to be relying on tries. I want to have guys that get half-decent base that I know on a bad day they'll get me 30. Uh, Campiera on a good day might get me 30. So... I made the decision that despite me drafting him really early, which I think is one thing I am very good at, I'm good at cutting, cutting ties with draft picks that I've fucked up. I'm more than happy to take risks, but I'm also more than willing to own them when I fuck them up and get rid of them and make a change for the better. So there was a guy on our waiver wire that had been sitting there you know, the entire time that I thought, he's too good to be sitting there, but I can't fit him in my team right now. And I just thought, fuck, I'm going to grab him because he is simply just too good to be sitting there. And I think that he will score tries this year and his base has been really good. And that was Marcelo Montoya. So I picked him up uh, on Saturday morning, looked at his base last two games, 32-28. He'd done really well. Hadn't scored any tries and he'd still scored 38 and 28 in those two games. And I just thought, you know what, the tries will come. He, he's a great fourth CTW to have. So I picked him up and uh, yeah, I, I was funny. I was actually, I was on the plane coming home from Rockhampton and shout out to Qantas that have free Wi-Fi on their planes. I was watching the Titans and the Melbourne Storm game, and literally, I had dropped Campiera as I was sitting in the airport with Timmy, Kempi, uh, Matty, Gerald, those guys sitting there talking about, and blah, blah, blah. Had two of the great wingers of all time, Kempi and Gerald, yeah, yeah, with me, and they both sort of went, yeah, drop him, drop him, drop him, even though they've got no idea about Supercoach. Anyway, I'm sitting there on the plane, he scored the first two tries, and I've just gone, oh, my fucking God. He's 25 minutes into this game. He's on 58 points. This is unbelievable. This would only happen to me. The sympathy tissues came out, carrying on a fucking treat. Eventually landed in Sydney, and I think Campiero finished on 62. He got about four points in the last 60 minutes, and I thought, okay, that's why I dropped him, because he's that guy. And then only a few hours later, Marcelo Montoya put on an absolute show, 114 points, scored two tries. Had 38 in base, which is exactly what I want to see. 25 hit-ups he took. Absolutely fucking love that. We said we said on Bloke and Bar a few weeks ago that Montoya's got the potential to be like a Manu Vatavai sort of figure over there. And I don't think he'll reach those heights, but I think he's starting to realize how big and how strong he is and how much extra work he has to do. So 114 from Marcelo Montoya. And I sort of sat there and went, oh, fuck, I might be a sniff here. I genuinely might be a chance to win this game out of absolutely nowhere. And that was all the players I had for Saturday, whereas Greg, he had Tommy Deard and got a 39. Herbie Farmworth got a 52. So once Herbie Farmworth got his, you know, 40 or 50, I sort of thought, you know what? I can win this. I am well and truly in this. And I just sat there and went, fuck, if I would have taken the VC of Osaka, which if I was watching the game, I would have without a doubt, I'd be home and hosed here, but it has been made a little bit more difficult. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to drop one of my bench guys um, and grab an extra player? And I had to look through... The way that my team was structured, the only people, the, the only positions that I could pick up was hooker and halfback, which was Nathan Cleary and Sonny Luke in my team. I couldn't sub anyone else into my side, just the way it ended up. So I had to make a decision. Who am I going to go for? And it came down to Kyle Flanagan or Danny Levi. And thank fuck I went for Flano. Uh, I had a feeling he might take the goal kicking. I thought Canterbury would win and win well. Flano really did fuck all, but because he was goal kicking, uh, put together 47 points. On the other side of the coin, Danny Levi, he obviously lasted a minute or two. Or he didn't last very long, sorry. Uh, so that one worked in my favor. I dropped young Carl Oluwapu, uh, which I didn't like dropping him. I still think he's going to come into first grade at some point this year. I think he's going to be super relevant. But 
Uh, I just decided, you know what, I've got a win here that's just begging for me to take it, so I'm going to do it. Little did I know, though, uh, that Corey Horsburgh, he would score two tries and score 95 points, and that would lock it in for me. Teague Wilton also killed it, 68. Joe Tapané, 63. And Sebastian Chris scored a 36, which I was more than happy with. So for Greg that afternoon, Toby Rudolph played really well, got a 61. Johnny Bateman, a 36 in his first game back. And Asu Kapoa, I think he was on about 33 at halftime. He finished on 39, so I probably got a little bit lucky there. But I ended up winning this game by 83 points, and I was two players short uh, by the end of the weekend once I got Flano. So to score almost 800 points in a 14-man draft comp when I've only got 11 players, I'm short too. Uh, I was pretty happy with how that turned out. The guys I had sitting on my extended bench, Adam Elliott, Luciano Leilua, Jackson Ford, Jack DeBellin, Sonny Luke, Zach Hosking, Nathan Cleary. So all things considered, I was very, very happy to get the win here. I'm more than happy just to stack a couple of easy wins or a couple of lucky wins, whatever you want to call them, heading into the origin period because it is going to get tough after that. And it's post-origin where I really start to get into my work and start planning for the back end of the season and start planning for finals and you know planning speculators and everything. So... Very, very happy to get away with a win this weekend. Probably one I didn't deserve. Probably got a little bit lucky, uh, but very happy. And obviously, outside of the wins, outside of the win, just a couple of little goals that I kicked throughout the weekend. Getting Marcelo Montoya, who's a really good base guy, more than happy to have him on the team. I think that's going to turn out to be a really good pick. Corey Horsburgh scoring two tries and, you know, come out with a few match-winning plays. Love to see that. We just want Ricky Stewart to have more and more faith in him. Um... Connolly Lumelu, obviously moving to the edge, a huge win there as well. That's massive for me. And just Campbell Graham keeping up his work as well. We want that right side for South Sydney to be the strong side. If I've got Campbell Graham, it sucks because I've got Cody Walker. Uh, but yeah, just a couple of wins there that was really good. So all, as I said, it's funny how Supercoach Draft can change in 10 days. I obviously copped a lot of shit last week about my team and all this sort of stuff. But I'm always planning for the long game and there's always guys that I pick up that might look a little bit strange at first, but then they eventually start to play out and they turn out to be good ones. And uh, I think you can start to see that this weekend. So very, very exciting about where the draft team is going. It was looking a little bit grim last week, uh, but as per usual, as time goes on, I will find a way to get up there. So let's have a look at round four. Coming into this week with a two and one record, which we really like, and we'd love to extend it out this week. And uh, just having a look at my matchups and everything, I give myself a good hope. I will have a full uh, 13 this week. I won't have an overly deep 13, but I will have 13, and it will be a good 13. Taking on Al, uh, one of the champions in our comp. He won it last year. He's also uh, another one like me that's won it twice. So good little matchup there, champion fella as well. Now, when I have a look through my team for this week, I think it sort of picks itself. I don't think I've got too many op- uh, too many decisions that I have to make realistically. Um, Jack DeBellin, still not named, so that's not ideal for me realistically. I would have liked to have seen him named, uh, so I'll be running without him, but everyone else in my starting side has been named. I will have a CTW, uh, so I've got to pick out a Campbell Graham, Sebastian Chris, Montoya, Lumelu or Brad Parker, which one of them I don't play, and the other one will probably be my AE option there. So uh, I might actually put uh, you know one of those CTWs on the bench and see how they score, then make a decision what I do with Jack DeBell and whether I keep his zero and just take the, the, the good AE that will hopefully be on my bench or if I just pick up a random second rower and chuck them in there. So sitting in a pretty good spot this week, whilst I've still got guys that I'm patiently waiting on, you Adam Elliott's, like Lewis, Hoskins, these sort of guys, uh, I'm happy to 
uh, just sit on my hands there. So the rest of the side has all been named and is all ready to go. Yeah, so let's have a look uh, at my game this weekend. So I will have, of course, the Penrith Panthers. They open up this round taking on uh, the Parramatta Eels. So I'm pretty happy with that matchup. I do think Parramatta bounce back eventually, and it might be this game that they do. So might not be an ideal one for me, but it will be a game that I'm able just to VC uh, Nath Cleary in this one. I'll have Sonny Luke in this one too. Alan's got my boy. Isaac Tungo, so that could be a tough little watch. It'll really sting me if he scores a few meat pies against me. Uh, the next game, we've got the Melbourne Storm taking on the West Tigers. I've got no players uh, from this game here, none at all. Uh, whereas on the other side of the park, Allen's got Jerome Hughes, Josh King, Remus Smith. Jerome Hughes, that's obviously pending... Um, his judiciary hearing, there's a chance that he might be suspended this week. I believe he is going to challenge it. Uh, so fingers crossed he loses and we don't have to deal with him. That'd be great. Uh, the games after that, just getting them up on my app because the NRL site has shit itself. Uh, 8 p.m. Friday night, we've got the Dolphins taking on the Broncos. Local derby there, so I've got Isako and Lumelu. Happy with those two. Uh, won't be like a VC game for Isako or anything, but I think that he will uh, be keen to go up against his old side. And Lumelu in the CTW is playing second row. Uh, absolutely love that. And Alan in this one, he's got uh, Tessie New, so it'll be interesting to see uh, which wing gets more ball there. Jermaine Asaka or Tessie New, the two wingers for the Dolphins, playing in this one. Now, the game's on Super Saturday. The first one, there's only two games on Saturday, three games Sunday, so that makes life very interesting. Saturday, 5.30, we've got the Cowboys taking on the Gold Coast Titans. I don't have anyone in this game at all. I don't have a single Cowboy. I don't have a single Titan. On the other side of the park, Alan has got Taumalolo, Mofotawaka, and Jeremiah Nanai, an interesting one there. Hopefully the Titans get a, can, can get a win because I'm a little bit worried about what Taumalolo could do. Ruben Cotto not playing in this one. So that probably does mean extended minutes for Taumalolo. But he has got AJ Brimson as well, who will be his skipper, I would assume. Uh, maybe the game up in North Queensland might scare him off a little bit. But I'm actually tipping the Titans to pull an upset in this game, to be honest with you. So that one's going to be a nervous watch for me with no players. I hate when you've got no players and the other team has a few of their guns like Brinson, Tamalolo, Nanai, and you're just watching them stack up points. Fuck, it can be a nervous watch. Uh, later that night, we've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Manly Seagulls from McCaw Stadium. I have got my South Sydney boys, Cody Walker and Campbell Graham. I will also have Brad Parker probably as my AE uh, to make a decision on whether I use him or not. So hopefully he can score a meat pie and get me 40 or 50. I'll happily take that. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, not too, not overly confident on Cody Walker as it stands right now. Probably won't give him a VC or a C or anything like that. I'll just leave him and hopefully he can pull some attacking stats. Campbell Graham though, he's looking fantastic. Another guy I won't VC or C in this game, uh, but I'm hoping that he can just base me out, you know, 40 to 50 with a bit of upside there. In this game, has Alan got anyone? No, Alan doesn't have anyone. Interesting, big South Sydney fan, no bunnies in his side. I think I remember that from draft day now I say it. Sunday, 2 p.m., we've got the Warriors taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Obviously, I've got my Warriors here, Marcelo Montoya and Jackson Ford. Every time the ball goes to the left, I'll be getting very, very excited. So keen to have a little stack in that. For the Bulldogs, uh, Al's got a few here. He's got Reed Marnie, Maxi King, Josh Adokar. So hopefully the Warriors can put up a good fight here. That one, uh, I think that'll be a pretty crucial game for our game. It'll obviously, uh, whoever scores more points and whatnot, there'll be more attacking starts going the way of one of us. So... Fingers crossed that one falls my way. Uh, the Knights play the Raiders, 4 o'clock Sunday. Arvo, I've got my Raiders boys, Joe Tapanay, Corey Horsburgh, and Sebastian Chris. Allen's got, geez, another one of my boys, Jacko Hastings. That's going to be an interesting watch there. So hopefully uh, the Canberra Raider forward pack is on. Joe Tapanay, Corey Horsburgh, if they can combine to give me 130. 
Uh, just stoked with that. That'll be unreal. And hopefully Sebastian Chris, he can pick up an attacking start somewhere. Really looking forward to seeing him uh, return to center, which is wild. Normally, you'd always want guys at fullback, uh, but I'm more than happy to have Seb Chris at center outside Jackie Boy Whiten. Last game of the week, the Raiders and the Sharks. Al doesn't have any guys in this game. I've got Jack DeBellin and Teague Wilton, so Jack DeBellin will be my AE. Uh, and then Teague Wilton is my other guy there. So hopefully he can pull another 60 or so. Maybe even a try in the local derby for Teague Wilton. That'd be great. So as it stands right now, sitting pretty confidently for this week. I think I'm, I am in for a good one. He's got a couple of injured players as well. Jojo Fafita, Luke Thompson. Other guys he's got on his bench include Tarek Sims, Fanukan, Jaden So None of those guys alarm me all, those, all that much, to be honest with you. So I'll take a punt on... Brad Parker, hopefully he can get a good score on my extended bench. If not, I'll probably just move Kyle Flanagan to a 2RF and um, I'll probably just play there and just get a safe 40 to 50, hopefully. So pretty confident heading into this week. Uh, things have turned around pretty damn quickly. Everything's looking a little bit better and I'm uh, really, really excited to see how the Penrith Panthers go coming off their bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So excited to see how they respond to a pretty poor two weeks. An opportunity to regroup and hopefully, Nath, he can uh, go on to have the season that I thought he was going to have all along. So... That's our draft review, guys. Apologies for my voice. That is dying on me very, very slowly. But that's our draft review for round three and our preview for round four. As I said, probably drop Flano to the waiver wire and maybe pick like a back rower up to, to plug in for Jack DeBellin. But we'll see how we go there. If there's no value there, I might just hold on to Flano realistically. Goal kicking for the Canterbury Bulldogs now. Don't hate it. Should always goal kick his way to a decent score at halfback if I have injuries or whatever. So... See how it plays out, but that's our review and preview, guys. Best of luck with your draft teams this weekend. Make good decisions, make good waivers, and hopefully get those Ws. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 